Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Before we begin, we'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. Welcome to Revolution. Um... It's another another delightful Sunday here in the Twin Cities, pouring rain, kind of like Seattle, I guess. It's always interesting when you have to suffer from depression and to see what different weather weather does to you. You know, it's like, oh, this makes me sad. But when you live in a place that snows so much, I realize that what rain doesn't make me as sad as snow. Snow really just, I mean, you know, you get used to it, but it's the very beginning and the very end of snow that gets you the last few days of snow that are just wear on you. I'm trying not to think about it, but I am because I'm a negative Negative person. So there you go. Snow and rain. But just rain today. But my son was out in the rain, splashing around. He loves the rain, so that's good. He put on his little water shoes and just went out and ran around. We went to the pool yesterday, me and him and his mom and our little girl, and we had a blast. Yeah, they have these pools that are like two and a half feet deep at the deepest end, you know, all around the city. And so we always just find different parks to go to. And then they have like little water fixtures and things to run through. And it's really fun. So that's what I did yesterday. Um, I got the 4th of July coming up and I don't even have any clue what to do for that. It's just come up so fast, and it's on a Wednesday. I feel like it's never been on a Wednesday in my life, but I'm sure it has. It just feels weird. So if you want to feel the experience of Revolution live, turn your air conditioning down to about 30 degrees right now because we are in a chilly room. Oh, and be wet. Yeah, go sprinkle yourself with some water. But thank goodness it's for the cool air, right? Thank goodness for laughter. <laughs> All right. Um, so today I decided I would talk a little bit about, well, one, it's part of, of this Romans verse is one of my mom's favorite scriptures. And then... And the other part is kind of the point of the talk, but I figured I'd start with an area of my mom that I liked. Um, we're going to be in Romans 8. Romans eight twenty six, And the Holy Spirit helps us in our distress. For we don't even know what we should pray for or how we should pray. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groaning that cannot be expressed in words. 
And the Father who knows us all, all our hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us on the Spirit's saying, and the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together. This is where my mom really likes liked this one. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance and chose them to become like his son so that his son would be firstborn with many brothers and sisters and having chosen them, called them to come to him and gave them right standing with himself and promised them glory. Forgive me for all the pronouns, but that's just what the book has got in there. Lots of pronouns. I've had people say, like, why do you use so many pronouns? And I'm like, it's only when I read. You <laughs> can't help it. The Bible was a gendered book. <clears throat> what can we say about such wonderful things as, as these? If God is, if God is, there you go. If God is for us, who can be against us? Since God did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for all of us, won't God who gave us Christ also give us everything else? Who dare accuses us whom God has chosen for his own? Will God? No. He is the one who has given us right standing with himself. Who will condemn us? Will Christ Jesus? No. For he is the one who died for us and was raised to life for us and is sitting at the place of the highest honor next to God, pleading for us. Um, before we get into the second part, that idea of, and I, I, the idea of back at 28 where it says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Um, my mom always loved that verse, even when she was very sick. And uh, when she would go through all sorts of hell, she would always talk about that verse. I know all things, you know, work together. You know, she had the King James Version memorized. But um, it was always kind of a... an encouragement to hear, you know, because it's just so easy to be jaded. And it's just so easy to be, you know, over it. Like, oh, yeah, all things work together, whatever. Why am I depressed? Or why is, you know, my job suck? Or why does this happen? Or why does that happen? And um, it takes a special kind of faith to be like, nope, I'm going to believe that all things work together for good. And sometimes we do see that, you know, sometimes we see that the negative things in our life prepare us for the positive things in our life or prepare us to be what other. I know for me, you know, I could say that none of these negative things work, but have done anything, but they all have. I mean, they all reflect how I teach, how I preach, what I speak about, the relationships I build, the friendships I have, you know, my uh, ability to empathize with those who are suffering. It all comes from my own suffering, you know, and I have to say it's a great gift. It's a, it, it's sometimes it doesn't feel like the best trade-off in the world, but, you know, and other times it does feel like a great trade-off and saying at least there's something positive that comes from all this negativeness um, because a lot of people are suffering in this world, you know, and this idea that we're supposed to be happy all the time is kind of... Uh, kind of sets us up 
it's a trap. <laughs> so, and I like the part here where it says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our distress, for we don't even know what we should pray for or how we should pray. And man, I know that feeling. Um, just being totally lost. And I, I, I know I lean on this, this verse a lot because sometimes I don't even pray because I don't know what to say or what to do. But I have hope that the Spirit is intervening. Um, good news is who dares to accuse us when God has chosen us for his own? Will God? No. He's the one who has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? Will Christ Jesus? No. <laughs> Those are good things. Um, there's some... There's a lot of like predestination stuff in a few chapters here in, in Romans where a lot of our friends, our Calvinist friends, get their theology. And um, there's also a lot of judgmental verses in here. But there are also some inclusive verses. So it's really, you got to really go through it. One of the inclusive verses says is in Romans uh, eleven thirty one. it says now the same way the Jews okay and now in the same way the Jews are the rebels and God's mercy has come to you but someday they too will be share in God's mercy for God has imprisoned all people in their own disobedience so he could have mercy on everyone I like that verse mercy on everyone you know I don't know about the imprisoned of disobedience but that's fine if that's where I'm at that would explain some things. Um, <laughs> but the idea that mercy to all and everyone and saying, you know, this inclusive talk. That's where Paul is all over the place sometimes. I swear Paul's like, and then everyone's going to be judged. And then no one's going to be judged. And oh, everyone's going to be accepted, you know. And so you kind of got to go like, what is Paul saying to me? Um, but that's why I kind of hold on to Paul and like Paul. I have a feeling um, I've been reading uh, of Bart, who was a Calvinist theologian, and he was he believed or hoped that everyone would be included and saved, and uh, pretty interesting stuff. And he was seemed kind of conservative, of course, for, except for that little asterisk there, and uh, even he saw those things. Anyhow, that's just a side note. I'm reading a book about him right now. So goes on to say in eight thirty five, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean God no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or cold or in danger or threatened with death? Even the scriptures say for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I think this is an important thing to look at. Um, because I think a lot of people say, where is your God now? You know, when bad things happen or you go, you know, where is God? I feel abandoned by God because I'm, you know, I know in my own depression and I, I'm, I'm not going to lie, right, lately, because of medication changes and stuff, I've been in depths of depression, you know, and and it's been tough, and it's tough, I know, on my 
family. And, uh, I mean, the kids are too young to really recognize it, but I know it's tough for Karen sometimes. And that's, you know, hard road, hard road to walk. And it's hard to come in here every week and say, oh, let me tell you a sermon. <laughs> what is God doing? <laughs> Beating the crap out of me. <laughs> it feels like that sometimes. But it says, if I have calamity or, tr- calamity or trouble or persecuted or hum- hungry or cold or in danger or threatened, does that mean God doesn't love me or God's despite God? No. Despite all these things, overwhelmingly victory is ours through Christ Jesus loved us. And that's another attitude I know that my mom had a lot of. Is It was amazing to see how positive she could stay in the midst of calamity and persecution. And uh, I remember she one time was like, at least they can't eat you. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but... <laughs> but... Okay. <laughs> you know, she always... You know, there were times where I saw her overcome with grief but not a lot and I think it's because she really believed this and uh, lived it Um, but to know that God's still there in the midst of our suffering obviously and and, well obviously but obviously for these verses that God is still there and that our victory is still overwhelming, but it's not human victory. It's not the ideas that we have in life that are society tells us is this is what you should have or not have. Um, goes on to say in 38, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. And I, this is one of my favorites. Of course, I think I say that a lot about every verse I read, but this is one of my favorites. Um, I have a lot of non-favorite verses too, okay, folks? A lot of verses that I don't read here at church um, because I'm still struggling working them out and trying to figure out how to how to preach on certain things or how to just share them and go, maybe I'll do a week of sermon, a sermon week or a, a, maybe a few weeks of sermons of just like verses that make no sense to me. <laughs> Verses that make me want to give up my faith, you know, because there are some that you stumble upon and you just go like, oh, how, how do I do this? But back, I veer off and I'm convinced that nothing can separate us from his love. Death can't and life can't. The angels can't and the demons can't. Our fears for today and our worries about tomorrow Even the powers of hell can't keep God's love away. Whether we are high above the sky or in the deepest ocean, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. And uh, I like that because it doesn't give me a choice. It's not one of those things where it's... I'm choosing to, you know, just saying this is this is what it is. And if God is real and if Christ is real, if Christ is there somewhere, then I'm unable to be separated from that love. And um, all the depression in the world, all the negative thoughts in the world, 
all my fears and my worries can't do it if even the powers of hell can't keep in God's love anyway. So if you believe in hell, then you guess what? Even hell can't do that. You know, so good luck <laughs> trying to escape that love. And that makes you wonder how far God's mercy will go. But that also is a verse to remind us how much we are loved. And I hope that today, if you're listening to this, you'll know that that's how much you're loved, that, that, that there is a love that goes beyond all our understanding, goes beyond our fears, goes beyond our doubts, goes beyond that. You can't be separated from it. You might try to be separated from it. You might feel like you're separated from it. But I believe Paul had it here that you can't be separated from it. You are connected to God's love, whether you like it or not. So there you go. Accept that you're accepted by that which is greater than yourself. That's one of the toughest things you can do. Now, as I say that, I try to say it to myself as well. I think it's important for me to remind myself. Because, <laughs> man, it is a tough call to remember sometimes. You know, especially like right when I'm going to sleep or right when I'm waking up and I feel that sadness and that overwhelm, being overwhelmed by life. And uh, forget that I'm loved. forget how to love myself and uh, looking for that reminder and there is that reminder you are accepted nothing can separate not your worries not your fears and right now the worries and fears to me are bigger than hell so there you go um, Romans 12 I jump over to Romans 12 because what would a revolution sermon be without talking about love for others? Yay. we got to love ourselves. And then there's loving others. And why am I in this? Um, today I was on Facebook, the old Facebook. And the past couple days I've had a crazy Facebook Interactions. Well, not interactions. People interacting with me, me not interacting back because I don't know how to do it necessarily with the right tone. Um, someone really went off on me about how I should correct my father and put him in his place and and um, how if I'm a real punk rocker, I'll stand up for the truth and all this stuff and stand up to my dad and blah 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 I'm like man I just like want to give like one of my therapists my Facebook account and just be like could you talk to this guy could you explain to him what we talk about in therapy that it's none of their business and I'm supposed to deal with this on my own you know um, I might just be like my therapist tells me that this is none of your business <laughs> far be it for me to judge but my therapist says. Um, and I mean, I'm really long and with some profanities. <laughs> so, really got me excited 
to try to do that. Um, not. And then, um, and then I got another one today. Con- when it says you've been linked to something, I always know it's been, it's, it's always linked to something about my parents and usually about my dad and something my dad said recently. And, um, I don't know. I didn't watch the video, but it's, but the thing was, is like, yo, God put Trump in the white house to keep us protected from the end times or something or to delay the end times. And I don't know if my dad said that he probably did, but I didn't turn it on because I don't really have the bandwidth for that. Um, I'm trying to be a dad and also trying to be a pastor and also trying to let my kids know who their grandpa is, you know, because we were trying to explain the difference between grandpas to my son the other day because he's like, you've got your Swiss grandpa, Rudy, and you got grandpa Jim, you know, and try to tell him from the toys he gets. Grandpa Jim sent you this and grandpa Rudy gave you this. Um, anyway, that point is, is that I, my relationship with my father is trying to allow him to be a grandfather to my son. I didn't know my grandparents very well. I wish I had. And, uh, I don't have mom around anymore, so that does affect the way you see things. But anyway, so someone just basically said, Jay Baker, I'm sure disagrees with his father, you know which is great, you know, because I, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with Trump. I don't really disagree with the verse in Romans that says God appoints everybody t- to power because I just don't see that making sense. Um, there you go. I disagree with the scripture. Write me off. <laughs> um, but... But the point is, is what is this, this Romans 12, 9 says is don't just pretend that you love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, but stand on the side of the good. Love each, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy in your work, but serve the Lord enthusiastically. Now, So don't pretend that you really love others, but love others, really love others. Don't pretend, really love others. That is uh, a tough call, but that's what I try to do. And so when people send me things like this and say, oh, you need to do this or you need to give up this or forget this, you know, look what your dad is doing. You know, I'm not going to pretend to love my dad. I'm really going to love my dad, you know despite the things that he says, you know. Um, yesterday, it was with my kids, I kind of wish I would have taken them to this, the, to the protest against ICE, which happened here in Minnesota yesterday and happened all over the country, different ICE headquarters. People went and protested. And I hope Revolution will get involved more in those things in the future. Um, I've been talking... I talked and met with somebody this past week who is uh, more involved in social justice issues. 
and uh, I'm definitely said I want to dive in more to this as much as my time will allow me to is when I'm not dadding <laughs> you know and uh, so hopefully we'll keep you guys posted and we can all do it together but don't just pretend to love others really love them hate what is wrong and I think hating what is wrong is you know kids being separated from their parents kids being put in cages is wrong hating that is the right thing to do you know standing up against something like that is the obvious thing to do um, but loving others and not pretending to love others is also important man it's tough it's so tough to do that but the bible encourages to really do that and that's how we change people i'm not going to change my dad by calling him up and saying what the hell are you doing what are you saying this is bullshit you know um is that going to break through i don't know right now i think the thing that's going to break through more is saying you know dad i agreed to disagree with you I, I really don't agree with you and you know that but i want you to be your grandfather and i want you to have pictures of the kids you know and pictures of our family and that's the best i can do but that's me trying not to pretend that I love, but really love. You know, I never thought I'd be in this situation with my own father. Um, I can still hate what is wrong. I can still hate the things that I, we disagree with and just be like, oh, you know, I can't stand that. But you know what? I'm not going to pretend to love. I'm going to love you. It says, love each other with genuine affection. Take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy in your work, but serve the Lord enthusiastically. goes on to say, be glad for all God is planning for you. Be patient in trouble and always be prayful. When God's children are in need, be the one to help them out. You know, we should be the ones that help them out because that's what we're called to do. And get into the habit of inviting guests home for dinner. Uh-oh. <laughs> Or if they need lodging for the night. Now, this was something that was extremely important when this book was written. It's probably still extremely important, but these travelers and folks who were going along lands who would come through towns, you know, usually meant life or death for them um, within its context. If people persecute you because you are a Christian, don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things that continues to boggle my mind is that even Paul and Jesus and all these other teachers and writers had this whole idea of praying for those who persecute you, loving those who persecute you, doing good to those who persecute you, and I just don't think we get it. I think we miss it completely. I think... Conservative Christianity misses it. I think liberal Christianity misses it. And um, and I think it's something that we've got to work on. I think it's outside of the borders of conservative and liberal. I think it's something that we just miss. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. When others are happy, be happy with them. If they are sad, share in their sorrow. I mean, how important is that? 
you don't want to be happy when someone's sad. You don't want to be necessarily too sad when other people are happy. Trust me, the depression <laughs> happened to be the downer a lot of times. Um, but I'll tell you what, it's nice when people empathize with you and are able to say, you know, oh, man, I really understand this, rather than buck up. <laughs> You'd be surprised how many people still think you just, well, you're sad and you need to do something to make you happy. Okay. I'm trying. If people persecute you because you're a Christian, don't curse them. Pray for them. God will bless them. When others are happy, be happy with them. If they are sad, share in their sorrow. Live in harmony with each other. Don't try to act important, but enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you'll, and don't think you'll know it all. That's, I don't even need to add commentary to that. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do your part to live in peace with everyone as much as possible. And um, if you're worried about getting vengeance, it says, Dear friends, never avenge yourself. Leave that to God, for it is written, I will take vengeance. I will repay those who deserve it, saith the Lord. Instead, do what the scriptures say. If your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. And they will be ashamed of what they have done to you. Don't let evil get the best of you, but conquer evil by doing good. So good luck with that. <laughs> I think we can do it. I really do. I think we can do it. Are you listening, folks, online? I think we can do this. I think we can see other people as human beings. And I think despite our differences and our political differences, I think we can somewhat learn to see them as human beings and love them and even pray for them. I'm not saying we go and say, what you're doing is awesome, more children in cages. No, I'm just saying that we're able to see these people as humans and say, okay, they're misguided people. You know, with misguided information, and obviously something troubling is going on there, but you know what? We pray for them, and we love them to the best of our abilities. And how would we want someone to love us if we were victims of misinformation? How would we want someone to reach out to us if we were spreading untruths? You know, how would we want someone to reach out to us if we were being unfair to other people? And I think we've all probably had moments in our lives where we've had stuff like that happen and even had people correct us. And, and I thank God for those moments when I've had people who cared about me come and say, Jay, don't you think you're doing a little too much of this or not enough of that? Or, you know, caught in this, this thing. And, you know, and it would, I'd be like, oh, I don't like this. Or someone one time called me out on not practicing what I preached about inclusion. And... Um, and they were right, and I didn't like it, and it made me uncomfortable, but it made me stronger afterwards, and it made me a better person, and it made me more inclusive afterwards. I didn't see it. It was a blind spot, you know, and it took someone sitting down and saying, I think you're full of shit, and I was like, what? I didn't even like the way they did it, but I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> and they told me. 
and uh, it changed the way I do things. You know, that was in New York. So I'm grateful for that. So don't let evil get the best of you, but conquer evil by doing good. Loving each other, not pretending to do it that way. That's a lot there. So you might want to take these verses with you and go over them yourself and see what it says. And, and see if it's something that, you know, you know, just spend some time with, sit with. Think of different ways we can do things. Jumping over to Romans 13, 8 through 10, says, uh, talks about a debt. And it says, pay all your debt, except the debt of love for others. Pay all your debt, except your debt for love of others. So somehow we are in debt for loving others. We have a debt that we can't overpay. And that's loving others. I'm telling you what, I, I love this stuff. You know, if I, do I need to jump back to, to uh, nothing can ever separate us from God's love? <laughs> you know, death can't, angels can't, demons can't, fears and worries for tomorrow, and even the powers of hell can't keep us from God's love. That's a reminder. I'm going to jump back there for a second to remind us that how much we're loved. Corinthians 13, love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, endures through every circumstance, never glad and doubted justice, but rejoices when truth wins out. You know, you're accepted no matter who you are, no matter what you've done. All sin, all fall short, God of glorious kindness, but all fall short in the kingdom of God, but God in his glorious kindness declares us not guilty. Lots of good verses for us, okay? So I'll remind you, we've got a lot of these great verses for us. But we also have a lot of great verses for others, for them. Pay all your debts except the debts of love for others. You can never finish paying that. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. For the commandments against adultery, murder, stealing, and coveting, and any other commandment are all summed up in this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to anyone, so love satisfies all God's requirements. So what is our debt to others? Is to love. So there you go. I mean, that's, it's tough, but I, I just keep saying, well, where do we, you know, where do I get the energy and the strength to do this kind of love? Well, I take it from the love that's given to me. But I have to accept that love. I have to understand that love, you know. I have to remember that it says that if I have trouble or calamity or persecuted or hungry or cold or danger or threatened with death, you know, does that mean I'm not loved? No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. So Paul, who was beat and put in prison, struck with some sort of disease, uh, is convinced that nothing can separate us from the love of God. So for us to receive, receive that and accept that is important because, you know, how can I love my neighbor if I don't love myself? 
So we have to learn to love ourselves. And that's a tough road, too. But I think it's a cycle that we can learn to live in, that we can learn to love people a little bit more, learn to accept people here and there, and then learn to accept ourselves. Because there's certain things if I can accept in other people, man, I can accept myself. And there's certain things that if I can accept in myself, then I can accept other people and love them. Now, I'm not saying that I'm giving them a free ride, and I'm not saying that I'm not going to say I don't agree with them. I'm not saying that, okay? Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that there's no disagreements in love, you know? I think there's got to be. There's honesty in love, and if there's honesty in love and there's transparency in love, then there's got to be that. I know that, you know, my parents in certain aspects of my life punished me when I was wrong because they loved me, not because because they hated me, but because they didn't want to see me become something other than my best I could be, you know. So there's times for that, you know. That's why we protest, you know. That's why we speak out. That's why we share things on social media, you know. It's not saying don't be honest. It's just saying love in that honesty, don't bite and devour one another, as the Bible says. It says, beware of biting and devouring one another. And that's what we have to be wary of doing. So, pay all those debts. Accept that debt for love. And remember, you're loved. And love does no wrong to anyone. So, hopefully we realize that the suffering that's caused in our life isn't God sitting over us going pew, 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 pew. <laughs> you know, hopefully I realize that it's just part of living and part of life and that's why it says that calamity and things like that are part of us. Does that mean we've lost or that we're not loved? And it says no. It's just part of life. We live. So, I hope we find this love and I hope we experience this love and I hope we accept this love um, so we can pay it, pay it out, pay it forward, if you will. I'm going to pray. Lord, I thank you for your grace, and I thank you for your mercy, and I thank you for your love. I don't know what else to pray for or ask, but uh, I guess I ask these things. Help us to accept that we're accepted. Help us to understand this love that you so gracefully share with us and uh, give us the ability to love those who uh, who are our enemies and give us the wisdom and the strength and the timing to speak out so we can see change so we still desperately need in this country right now amen um, revolution is a non-profit ministry and we survive through donations. So if you like Revolution, you like what we're doing, and you want to consider donating, we'd be grateful. Um, but you know what? We'd rather have you than your money. So it's not anything you have to do. But if you're uh, listening online and you go, well, how do I, how do I help? <laughs> um, you can go to revolutionchurch.com to our Tumblr site, and there's a donation button there. Or you can go to... Um, 
the Facebook page, Revolution Church Facebook page. And you can, uh, we have a donation button there as well. So we're covered with donation buttons. <laughs> and uh, you can donate that way. Um, we're grateful for those who have been donating to us because y- you really do uh, make this work possible. And I hope this work is going to be even greater in the future. And we'll be doing more more work um, that you allow us to do. So that's great. And uh, so please consider giving. Um, that's that's the necessaries, necessary talk that I have to have after every <laughs> service. So thank you so much for listening. And uh, remember, you're loved very much. So go in grace. This is Revolution Church. <laughs>